Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or 50 bucks per season for on-screen and in-text. and That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com, to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com. Sign up for a free demo and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Uh, tonight we got Mike Sericchio, uh, receivers coach up at Springfield College. Coach, how you doing, man? Good, fellas. How you guys doing? We're doing good. We're hemmed up, right? Everybody's sort of – We all are. Uh, everybody's sort of locked down with the whole coronavirus. So, you know, it's good to be able to social distance ourselves. and do Yeah, Zoom, while, while Zoom remaining chat, social right? at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, hey, go ahead and kick us off, man. Talk about uh, – your coaching journey where you played, um, 
you know, if you played at Springfield, kind of how you got there from high school. And then, uh, you know, maybe just talk about how long you've been coaching option football. Yeah, man. Uh, so I, I actually did. I did play at Springfield. Um, played offensive line there, which is funny now because of my uh, – <laughs> Yeah, that, that is interesting. That was, yeah. that was kind of a, a running joke at the beginning there. Um, from Stanford, Connecticut, originally went to uh, the King School, small okay. private school in town. Yep. Was coached by Dan Gowan, who was a Springfield grad. And, you know, most of us who go to Springfield have a, have a connection with an alum in some way. You know, most of the time that's a, that's a coach or a teacher. And so he knew right away, you know, having known me and – I was a weight room guy and I, I love to lift and train and I wanted to be a strength coach. So, you know, Springfield was kind of a perfect match for me. So I ended up there and then, uh, you know, I wanted to be a strength coach initially. I was an exercise science guy. And then, you know, halfway through, you know, my sophomore year playing, I realized that I had very little limited time left on the football field and that. So I knew I'd, I'd get uh, coached there for three years with Coach Gowan. We won uh, two NEPSAC championships. So that was a, a whole lot of fun because we lost two when I was a player. So getting to uh, redeem that was awesome. And then went back to Springfield when, when Coach Sarasulo took the head coaching job in 2016. You know, I knew I had to get back up there because uh, he was my O-line coach and offensive coordinator when I was there. And uh, he's, you know, one of the big influences in my life and one of the reasons I got into coaching. So I knew I wanted to be on one of his first staffs. And so I started up at Springfield in the summer of 18. Uh, did defensive backs there my first year with Coach Hollick. And then uh, transferred to the wide receivers in the spring of that year. And uh, been doing that ever since. Uh Maybe talk about real quickly before we move on to the next. Maybe talk about like, um, um, like you going from playing O line right to DBs mm -hmm. to receiver. Maybe just talk about maybe that's how that's kind of helped you a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been you know awesome professionally. You know, at, at King initially, I was coaching O line and D line. Uh, I coached O line all three years there, and then I kind of bounced around on defense a little bit. Um, so going to Springfield, being the DB's coach was huge for me because, um, you know, all I, all I really had was, you know, triple knowledge from from playing at Springfield. And then we ran, you know, a pretty classic spread deal at King. And uh, so to, to, to really learn the, the finer points of, of the perimeter on defense was awesome. And then now, you know, getting to learn the perimeter on in the option deal, you know, I really feel comfortable with, you know, my, my knowledge of the option and um, you know, working for Coach Webster and Coach Sarasolo, you know, two guys who, uh, you know, our, our gurus of the option. It's, it's, it's been really awesome. And, but yeah, like I said, professionally, it's been awesome for me having to, you know, coach kind of around the, around the ball, um, getting away from the interior. It, it's, it's been huge. Cause I got, I got a little bit of knowledge everywhere. Obviously, you know, young coach still got a lot to go, but having, having been a little coaching a little bit, of everything has been fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I would say that's probably unusual for for a guy early on in his career. So you, yeah, it is. You, you've really benefited from that, I would guess. Um, sure. Maybe talk about, um, you know, I, there's a couple guys you brought up. I'm sure you're going to talk about them. But, you know, maybe talk about someone you've leaned on, you know, early on in your career as like a mentor to kind of help you kind of grow and, 
you know, make some tough decisions, help you kind of get started? Yeah, so, you know, initially it was Coach Gowan, and uh, I knew Coach since sixth grade because King is a K-12 through deal. Started going there in sixth grade. And so I met Coach, and he had his hand in the, in the middle school program somewhat, but not totally. And then once I got to high school, uh, obviously he was the head guy. And, you know, he was somebody who was always, always there for me. It was constant throughout my life. And, you know, every, every off season, he was in the weight room, open in the weight room, uh, even on school vacation. And, you know, just a classic program guy who would do anything for, for his players. You know, and I saw the impact that he had, you know, on myself and, and the, the guys around me and, the, you know, the guys before me, because he's been there for a while now. Um, and then, you know, going up and playing for Coach Sarasulo, you know, so I, you know, I think the world of the guy, you know, he's somebody who does everything the right way. And, you know, we, we, we talk about being an SC guy, you know, at Springfield. And, and if you look at Coach Sarasulo, that's, that's exhibit A right there. Um, you know, a man's man, so to speak. You know, somebody who's, who's brick and mortar, boots on the ground, lead from the front kind of guy. So, you know, between those two, uh, you know, guys, I, I hope to emulate and, and hope to, you know, make proud and, you know, throw Coach Webster in there this year, who's a younger coach, um, but one of the most detailed and organized uh, uh, guys I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. You know, we leave no stone unturned when we game plan. I don't know anybody who coaches with more passion than Coach Webster. Um, you know, he's, he's got more energy than anyone on our, in our football program, you know, players included. The guy's a, a, a madman, but, um, you know, what, what, what we do works up there. But, you know, those three guys have, I, I, you know, I couldn't ask for, a, you know, a better trio as a young coach uh, to have guys lean on and show me the way. Uh, very cool. Hey, Coach, uh, you got a John Cena story for us at all. I know John I Cena, I man. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. He's a Springfield so college guy, right? Yeah, obviously I didn't play with him, um, but I was lucky enough to be in the weight room a couple times when he came back, and uh, I was lucky enough my junior offseason, I was I was elected as a captain my senior year, so I got to, you know, hand deliver him a shirt, um, you know, give him the old handshake and stuff. That was great, but, you know, the thing I remember most about him was two things, actually. You know, he was back squatting, and – you know, he had 135 on there and then 225 and then 315 and then 405 and then 495. And I just never saw a guy, I guess, warm up so quickly, you know, just, just clapping 45s on the bar and, and, and not have the bar speed change. It's something I'll never forget. And then we had a kid uh, who fancied himself a rapper, you know, in a, in, a, in a kind of joking way. He knew he wasn't very good, but he did it anyway because he was, he was just that kind of cat. And so he called John Cena out to a rap battle at the end of the lift, and and John Cena ripped him pretty good. And uh, oh, wow, really? Obviously, yeah, oh yeah, it, it was it was fantastic. It, the crowd went wild. Yeah. Uh, we, obviously, we didn't expect him to you know to say yes, but you know he played along, and it was it was tremendous. He's a unbelievable guy and somebody that obviously we're very proud of to be a Springfield yeah. alum because that guy's making the world a better place and you know doing things things the right way. Now he's a, a a villain in the latest Fast film, so he's had quite the rise. And so yeah, we're definitely proud of him. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Hey, hey, coach, let's get into some uh, football a little bit about uh, Springfield College there. Um, sure. Before before we jumped on, you you, you uh, had mentioned uh, some of your your rushing statistics from last year. Can tell yes. us a little yeah. bit about the success that you had, and then I want to I want to ask you a follow up question uh, uh, here in just a minute. Yeah. So, um, another rushing title for us, which we we're we're obviously very proud of. 
I think our, our total was 357 per game uh, on the ground, uh, around 400 yards total per game and 30 points per game. So we had a good year offensively, but it's interesting because, you know, it didn't start out great. And uh, we were one and three kind of sitting there in the office, you know, thinking about, you know, what the heck's going on and trying to figure some stuff out. Um, but, you know, true to, true to the Springfield way, we, we believed in what we were doing and we knew that the, uh, you know, the, the cards would fall in our, in our direction if we just kept, in, kept to it and stayed the course. And we did. And, you know, we, we rattled off five in a row and got hot at the right time. Had the chance to win uh, a conference championship but unfortunately lost uh, on the last second field of the goal to a very good MIT team. Um, you know, so I think the easy thing for us to say is, you know, if the, if we did this, this, and this early on in the, in the year, we would have had a, a chance to go a little bit farther, but you know, we didn't. And that's, that's football. And, you know, things don't always go your way and the ball doesn't always bounce the way you want it to bounce and, you know, different things happen, but we did figure it out eventually. And when we did, you know, it's the, it was it was awesome to watch because you know the kids really hit their stride. The quarterback was reading it up and taking care of the ball, and you know we we really started to impose our will on teams like we like we set out to do, and we, that's that's our number one goal is to always be more physical. And you know, so once we got rolling, that's kind of what we did. But that's kind of what happened this year at a glance, I guess. Oh, very cool. Uh, now you guys are one of the best triple option teams in my opinion in D three football for sure. Thank you. College football, and uh, earlier you told us you're a former O line guy. Yeah. And I'm just curious, uh, what characteristics do you look for when recruiting a wide receiver for uh, Springfield College? Uh, and, uh, man, that's, it's so cool that you're a former O-line coach too, man, because yeah. You, yeah. I, I just know you're going to put a premium already on blocking. You know what I mean? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, obviously no, there isn't really an option team that, that hucks it up a whole bunch. But I think, I think we probably throw it less than any other option team. And it's – since coach Webster took over, it's kind of got, we've, we've, we've thrown it more and more each year. And I think last year we did some really good things in the past game that can hopefully carry through to the two years to come. But you know, the whole, the whole deal with being a Springfield receiver is it's all cultural. If you ask me, you know, we don't really have measurables in the, in the recruiting process, you know, number one, it's, it, it's, it's, it's all character. And we recruit on character first and foremost across the board, but definitely with a receiver because, you know, the first question you got to ask this kid is like, hey, man, are you, are you okay with, you know, maybe getting the ball once or twice a game or maybe not at all? Um, and if he says yes, then he's, he's our kind of guy. You know, if he hesitates and says, well, yeah. you know, it's, and it's understandable because if you're a receiver, that's, that's, that's kind of what you do. And, you know, one school out of however many hundred in the country, it's not really a glory spot. But, again, it's all, it's all, it's all character-based. We look for guys that will do anything to win, to, you know, anything to help their football team win games. You know, our, our receivers pride themselves on their ability to contribute on special teams. Um, and, you know, we, we had a game in 2017 – I'm sorry, 2018 when I first got there against Western New England. I think the wide receivers were on the field for seven snaps just because that's how the game plan kind of played out. And so it's just you you got to be selfless um, and you get, and you got to be willing to do whatever it takes. But, you know, it, it, in a perfect world, we'd like to have, you know, a taller, over-six-foot kid with long arms – um, but at the end of the day, you know, we don't always have that. And we've had receivers at, at, at our school who have been shorter stockier guys who, who, who just block their, block their butts off. So, um, we don't really put a premium on measurables and at, at any position, but you know, at the receiver spot, it's even, even less so, and even more geared towards that, that character piece. 
Uh, we got that uh, a good buddy named Don Watt, and he refers to the receivers as wide tackles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's great. But we got to listen to uh, – I recently went to Harding and, and got to uh, visit with Coach Underwood. He's a slot back coach, but he also mm -hmm. does the um, receivers. Yeah. And he talked about uh, every game they count knockdowns, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, basically he was saying that uh, kid, kids that do the running off or the cutting off and, and just doing those little things, they get knockdowns for those. And they could actually oh, lead the team. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. really cool, man, to get those guys to take pride. Yeah, the, the, the barometer for our attitude and effort level in the receiver room is, is your backside cutoff block. And so, you know, when our guys watch film, you, you critique the frontside guy with whatever technique he's employing, but then you give a letter grade A through F to the backside guy. And so I tell them all the time, like, fellas, there's no technique involved here. There's no, literally all that matters is, is, is how badly you want to get to the other side of the field because nine times out of ten, you're going to get over there and the fullback's going to get it or the quarterback's going to keep it, you know, in the alley or whatever. But that 10th time, you, you know, you could be the extra guy who, who springs it for a touchdown or, you know, however many extra yards. And there's multiple, multiple times this year where that did happen. And, you know, as a, you know, I was in the booth and watching that happen and watching the backside guy spring, you know, the, the ball carrier for a touchdown is like, it's more, much more satisfying for me than a, a, a touchdown uh, catch. Um, just because you know how much effort that is and how long of a sprint that is and, how 90% of the time that's going to be a, a futile effort. But, you know, that 10th time you could have the opportunity to change the game. And so, you know, it happened a lot for us this year. And it was, it was awesome for me as a coach to, you know, see my guys working that hard and, and have an impact yeah. on the game. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, definitely a reflection on you. So that's a good thing. Hey, uh, who's, who's your big rival? Um, and what's the atmosphere like that week you guys play typically? Yeah, our biggest rival is, is Western New England. Okay. Who, I think two and a half miles down the road from us. Um, but it's funny because we didn't start playing them until my junior year. Um, but now it's, it's a trophy game. We play for the Pinshaw and Saw. Okay. Uh, Thomas Pinshaw was the founder of Springfield and SAW means Springfield in Western New England. Um, and so we play the first game every year against them. When oh, we, first game, you open up with them every, every year. Every year, yeah, every year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and so, like, you spend your whole spring and preseason – you know, kind of focus on Winnick. So it's a lot, a lot, a lot of buildup. So like the Winnick week is, is brutal because you're sitting there and time's moving at a, at a snail's pace and you just want to play the game because you know how fun it is for, you know, for the kids. And yeah, you know, the, the, the coaches and the captains have a, a meeting thing and they take a picture with the trophy and it's this, it's whole, this, this whole big deal. And obviously the, the students get super involved. So that, that's, that's always our, our most uh, capacity crowd, you know, whether it's here or there, it doesn't really matter because it's, again, it's a, only a couple miles difference. Um, but they, they run a great program there and they, they win a lot of football games. And so it's always two, two of the top teams in New England going at it and week when week one. So, well, yeah, I was going to say that's typically unusual, right. To have it, uh, usually you finish the season with your, you yeah, know, right. like, it's, it's interesting because so that's pretty cool. Right. Cause yeah they're, they're build not, up. yeah, they're not in our conference. Um, yeah. And so, and again, it is unique to us and we know every year when it's going to be the first game on the schedule and it kind of sets the tone for your year. Wood. And uh, it's the highest of highs when you win, and the lowest of lows when you lose. So, yeah, you know, that, but that's what makes it so that's what makes it so special. All right, coach, I got another one for you here. Uh, and uh, you know, Greg Webster talked about um, how your offensive line uh, has a fraternity. Man, you guys call each other the Roaches, right? And and you being yeah. a former offensive lineman, can you maybe <laughs> tell us uh, the story behind that one more time? And uh, and then I wanted to know. 
about your wide receivers a little bit. Do you guys do something similar? Do you have like a, a mascot for your wide receiver group? Like how do you make them feel like a fraternity? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I could talk about this stuff all day. This is like, the, this is the, this is the best. So uh, yeah. original road story. It was back in the eighties when Springfield was D2, but they were non-scholarship D2 and they were kind of getting knocked around a little bit. And so the coaches had a round table meeting, like, you know, something's got to change because we're not getting these scholarships. So what are we going to do? And then however it came to be, uh, you know, they, 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 they got the, they got to the run on the option. And so they said, all right, we're going to put all the athletes here, 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 and here. And then the offensive line coach at the time said, give me all the twos. So too short, too slow, uh, not strong enough, this, that, whatever it may be. If they, if they don't fit somewhere, come, come bring them down with me. And, uh, that's Coach Manello, and Coach Manello is now the head coach at Dallas High School in PA. Runs a great program. He's in the state championship almost every year, it seems like. Um, and so the whole thing with the Roach Patrol is, you know, a couple things. Whenever you see one, there's always a there's always there's always a, a hundred or so, you know, with them. They're never alone. They travel in packs. Um, if a nuclear situation were to happen, the rats and the roaches would be the only two ones left. Yep. So we're hard to kill. Yep. And uh, when a roach, you know runs into another roach, a rival roach clan or something, whatever they, wherever they do battle, they always put, you know, the loser is, is always put on their back. And so, you know, when you, when you execute a roach block and you got, you got a guy's shoulders pinned, you know, if you take a snapshot of that, of that, of that picture there, it looks like a dead roach with his, uh, with the, with yeah. the leg in the air. Right. That's the roach logo. You know, yeah. some, of us, some of us have it tattooed on us and um, it's, it's an un, I, I can't even describe to you what it does you know, culturally for, for our football team, not just offensively, but, you know, across the, the whole program, you know, the Roach is, is very special and, and everybody knows about it. And uh, it's, it's really hard to describe, you know, through a conversation, but um, anybody involved in Springfield football since 1986 knows a lot about the Roach and what they represent and, you know, what they're all about. So to the other nicknames, like every, every positional group on our team has a nickname. And so the – really. Yeah, so the wide receivers are the uh, the Springfield College Air Raid, which we just shortened to the Scar. So we are we are known as the Scar, um, known and again the the nicknames are a team wide deal. So everybody kind of goes by, you know, their nickname. The halfbacks are the Dog Pound, uh, quarterbacks are the Generals, fullbacks are Carnivores, uh, D line Warriors, um, linebackers, inside linebackers are Wolfpack, outsiders are Savages. And then the hitmen are the uh, the D backs, and then bomb squad is the the specialist. So everybody everybody's got a everybody's got a name. Um, Very cool. Again, just 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 a just a way to get the guys to to come together and buy in a little bit more. You know, that is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So you said the A backs are the dog pound. Is that right? Yeah, and so they you know they uh, back in my day they don't they don't do this anymore, but they would their position coach would tally up, you know, whether it was a cub block or right. a effort or this or that, they would get dog bones on their helmets. Oh, cool. <laughs> the roach guys get roach stickers when they, when they get a roach block. Um, so, you know, just, just one of those, you know, college football deals that makes, yeah, that makes college football so awesome. That's awesome. Really yeah. good. Um, let's pop over maybe to a uh, couple questions about your uh, position group. A couple things. Uh, the first one probably is like, how are you? I know you talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but maybe get into how you're able to um, to get your guys to be selfless and and, and maybe team goal oriented. And 
and and maybe how do you get them kind of excited to kind of take pride in doing those little things like popping across on the backside to get a touchdown block and like what like some things you're telling them right like yeah. um, you know um you know it, it, it's it's real simple you know i i as a player was only halfway decent because of the attitude and effort that i gave right and you know i'm i'm a big believer in you know everybody has a role on a football team as long as you are giving fanatical attitude and effort. And that's kind of what our program is built on. Um, and I, you know, I told the guys like, listen, this is not, I mean, everybody knows, and everybody knows that this is not, this, this is not a, a glory position. This is, this is a, a hard hat lunch pill group. You know, you're the only hard hat lunch pill group of receivers in America, arguably, you know, obviously there's a lot of option schools, you know, who run it. But like I said, I, I don't think that they throw it as little as we do. Um, and so just constantly, constantly preaching attitude and effort. And, you know, our, our, the motto of our group is effort over everything. And, you know, my, my personal philosophy as a coach is, you know, I'll never get after a kid or yell at a kid if they're making a mental mistake because I think ultimately that's on me. Um, and so, you know, I, I tell them all the time, man, as long, as long as your attitude and effort is sky high, you, you're okay with me. You know, we'll, we'll iron out the technique. We'll get the mental piece squared away. Um, but you know, the, 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 we're, we're going to be the, you know, and I, and I tell them again, we, we go back to the S, the SC guy thing we talk about, um, you know, the, the, the characteristics that we, you know, hold near and dear to the program that, that our players are living. You know, I don't think there's a better example of an SC guy than, than, a, than a Springfield receiver because they're the most selfless, you know, the most we over me, you know, I'll do anything it takes, whether it's, you know, kick off, kick return, punt, punt return, offense, you know, whatever. If you need me on defense, I'll go there too. Obviously, that that doesn't happen, but they're willing to do it if they need to do it. Um, but again, just just kind of diving headfirst into, you know, that that hard hat lunch pail mentality and and being it, it, again, it's a unique thing because, you know, not every not every every school is throwing it, you know, five times a game. So right. it's different. It's not for everybody. Um, but if if you put your whole heart into it, you're going to be rewarded. And I think again, like I said, a lot a lot of the stuff we put on film this year was was tremendous. You know, pass game, run game. You know, but mostly you look at our guys on film and you, you just see them flying around. And that's that's all I really can ask of them. Yeah, absolutely. Effort, big time, mm -hmm. particularly at that spot. All mm -hmm. right, so uh, hit us on some technique, man. When you're teaching stop blocking, there's a specific aiming point on the defender. You know, you mm -hmm. want your guys attacking, and uh, and will this ever change based on Maybe, you know, like uh, depth or alignment of a DB. Uh, yeah. So, or, or even uh, maybe alignment of the run support defender. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as again, former O line guy, you know, I, I was super fired up to coach these guys up in the preseason. And I was like, oh, yeah, man, like aggressive. We're going to croak these kids. And, you know, so, so basically what I said was, you know, be more aggressive, you know, obviously come to balance, but, you know, be on the attack, 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 attack. Um, unfortunately, that, that didn't work out for us so well. And, you know, I, I, I quickly learned that, you know, the O-line mentality kind of has to take a back seat. And, you know, we talk about the offensive room all the time, how stock blocking is probably arguably the most difficult thing to do on a football field. You know, blocking in space yeah. is yeah. really, really tough. Yeah. And so it's hard not to overcoach it because we do it so much. But I think I was overcoaching it in the beginning. Um, but still, you know, the, the, the basic tenets remain the same. So we tell our guys – <laughs> you want your nose on the outside pad of the corner as you approach him. You know, obviously, if he goes inside or outside, you have to, you know, move your stem depending on where he's going. So when you put the brakes on, you come to balance. You know, you want to be, you want to have your nose on his outside pad. We 
used to, we, we, we started out inside pad to outside pad, but then they, they were just getting beat inside way too much. And so we changed it to shoulder, uh, their outside shoulder to your nose. And then we, you know, we, we, we always say your eyes are locked in on his belly button. You know, as soon as he puts the brakes on, you know, you put the brakes on. And that's going to change depending on the athletic ability of the corner. You know, if, if he's a stud, you know, always, always come to balance sooner than later. Because if you come to balance sooner, you got a chance. If it's too late, it's too late, you know. And we want, you know, obviously we want to make all of our releases, you know, look the same. We don't want to give, it, give away if it's a pass or a run. But we're, we're willing to sacrifice that, you know, that, that speed off the ball, you know, if that means, you know, we're blocking an all-conference corner who's, who's really good at defeating the stock block. You know, we've got to get that guy blocked up one way or another. And then, uh, you know, hand-wise, again, like everybody else, hands inside, thumbs up. Um, but what we really try to emphasize the most, <coughs> excuse me, is reloading the hands. And, be, and, and the, you know, the odds of you getting inside are slim. You know, we're going to coach you that way. We're going to drill it that way. You know, but in the game, you know, odds are you're going to have to reload those hands. So you, your hands don't stop fighting until you get on that breastplate. And we do a ton of drills, you know, during the week to emphasize that too. Um, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Refit. Like just, just cause your arms are outside them now doesn't mean you have to stay there, you know, keep working it. You're not going to, you're not going to be perfect every time. And then <laughs> the big thing for us, you know, is, is, is your hips. And so just like an old lineman, you know, if, you, if you're, if your butt sticking, you know, backwards and you're leaning forward, you're going to get, you're going to get shed, you're going to get shed right away. And so on contact, we teach our guys to roll our hips, you know, like a power clean, you know, triple extension kind of deal. But you still want to keep, you know, every, your, your base underneath you. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know, roll into it like all or nothing. Here we go. It's kind of hard to, you know, explain via, via video. But yeah, you don't <laughs> want them to fall out the fifth story window to their death. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's you basically want to roll the hips and duck walk it out. Like in, in a perfect world, you're going it's, to, it's going to be like an online and, you know, finish, you know, Yep. Rolling hips from the second level. Same deal. And, you know, biggest thing, wide base. You know, keeping that wide base, keeping all your cleats in the ground, <clears throat> on contact, you know, not leaning too much. But, but you know, pretty much, pretty much, you know, what everybody's teaching. Uh, we're not really reinventing the wheel too much. But the biggest thing, you know, that I, I made the mistake of, of telling those guys to, you know, be really, really aggressive in stock blocking is – <clears throat> Pardon me, fellas. His coach is getting the corona so, on us over here, man. I, I, was, I was gonna say, I, I assure you, I'm not infected. I just have a tickle on my throat. I know the people out there watching are probably uh, or listening are are concerned about me, but I assure you, I'm okay. Well, hopefully by the time this rolls through, man, we'll forgotten about this thing. Yeah, no yeah. Oh, hopefully, coach is still with us. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, that's that's good stuff. Hey, Coach, let me ask you a question uh, about a, a tweener guy. Uh, do you have any guys you consider a tweener who can split out and play wide receiver, but also come down and put their hand in the dirt and play a little tight end? And if so, uh, maybe over the years, if you had a guy like kind of fit this, uh, how do you divide his practice time up between position groups, O-line and wide receiver? Yeah, so that, that's, that's interesting because last year we had a guy tight end who was a – four-year starter <clears throat> and he uh he got some snaps split out wide you know in his in his younger days I wasn't there though when that was happening so I, I'm not really sure on the practice split 
this year, this past year in 19, you know, we had, we have a kid on the roster who has like the build for it. And, uh, you know, we're looking at next year, if that's going to be, if someone want to do nothing set in stone yet, but in my time at Springfield, we have not had somebody who filled that mold. Cause you know, I know Navy does, they, they have like a, a big receiver, a big receiver, yeah. you know, small receiver split. <coughs> we don't do that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, we don't, we, I, I can't really speak on experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know I know teams do it, but not not really us. You guys are running some zone option though. So I mean, you have your guys come down there and and, and crack that um, uh, read key a little bit too, right? To seal that edge. Oh yeah, like our, yeah, our guys will will set the edge on overhangs quite a bit. Um, you just have them. You'll just have them in a receiver stance rather than putting his hand down in the dirt. Yeah, but, yeah. So we, I mean, that that's interesting because you know when we set the edge, <clears throat> it's not a, a true receiver stance. So usually our, our inside foot is up, our outside foot is back, you know, normal business. When we set the edge, <clears throat> our outside foot's going to be up, our inside foot's going to be back, and it's going to be a wider stance. And so obviously we're, we know we're, we're, not, we're not running off the balls and stock blocking. You know, our, our, our job is to prevent – or our job is to set the edge, but the first thing we have to do is prevent, you know, an in-charge because if that guy in-charges across your face, you're in a bad way. So that's why we put the inside foot back. So we can step laterally, stop the in-charge, and then we can step vertically with that second step and set the edge. Um, you know, but we don't really scheme it up for our, you know, our bigger guys to do that. We expect all of our guys in the field to be able to do that. Um, and, again, that goes back to, to the culture of our position. You know, we're going to ask you to do a lot of things. We're going to ask you to block some people that you probably have no business blocking, but guess what? You're going to do it anyway. So you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to get it done, and they do. They do, it, they, they, they do a great job setting the edge, so. Yeah, that was that was actually your our next question you answered. Yeah, uh, about the your preference on the wide receiver stance. You know, um, if you're out wide, you know what I mean. Your your spread base formation, if you will. You know, you'll yep. you just said you're gonna have your inside foot up. Yes. Okay, and then so when you have them compressed down, uh, now do you have different? I'm sure you know you may have different kind of compressed sets where maybe he's you know a little wider, maybe a little tighter. Yeah. And, uh, do you? What, do you, what is your – I always have guys – I know Coach McLeod, too, uh, uh, there's a big conversation, a big debate about that, whether uh, it's a tell or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is somewhat. But, I, you know, I think in the option, you know, one of the classic things you hear is, you know, it's coming, you got to stop it, you know. Um, so our biggest thing <clears throat> with our, our receivers is their base alignment is on the numbers, you know, in our, in our base two-by-two two set, you know. But other than that, it's, it's aligned to execute, you know. So whatever your job is, you are going to determine where you're going to align based on the assignment. So, you know, based on your speed, your athletic ability, your confidence, you know, all these, all these things are, are all different for every guy. So, you know, we tell them, listen, align to execute, you know, and then if you're way off or whatever it may be, we'll coach you up and, and, and get you where you need to go. But, um, you know, whatever you're doing <clears> – <throat> think about what's what's happening on that particular play, you know, where we want the ball to hit, you know, where we want the running lanes to be Yeah. Think about your assignment. And then you, you give us your alignment based on what you think is best. And they do, you know, they do a really good job with it. You know, the more reps you get, um, the, you, the more natural becomes the older, older guys start to figure it out. Or you line them up real, real tight. And then you go the other way. <laughs> yeah. They <exactly, yeah. laughs> said, man, it's coming this way. It's coming this way. Yeah. And you go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Hey coach, let's uh 
Let's flip over to a little bit about the passing game. I know you said you threw a little bit more than you had in the past. Yeah. How you how you teaching your receiver routes? Okay. You know, do you teach them based on uh, number of steps or certain yardage or landmarks? And then maybe second part to that question would be, um, you know, are there some routes that you're you're teaching? Do they have some built-in adjustments? Maybe based on what a defender's giving. Yeah. So we we're, 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 we teach based on yardage. Um, okay. You know, our, our, again, our route tree isn't huge. So there's only you know, only a certain amount of routes that those guys got to know, um, right. and so they, I think it's worked out fine with the yardage. And you know, like you said, most of the time we're taking what the defense gives us. So you know, if, if we're running a, a dig at 12 yards, you know, but there's a guy you know sitting you know at eight, you, know, you might want to take a yard or two deeper, or vice versa. If he's if he's at 14, you might want to take a date. You know, and again, that comes you know with experience and. And the younger and the, the older guys kind of understand it, but <clears throat> on all of our routes, you know, that are crossing the field, whether that be a dig or a drag or a throwback, you know, whatever it may be, um, we're looking at that backside linebacker. And, you know, and our, our you know our guys have uh, a landmark on all these routes, but as you're crossing the field, you know, if that linebacker is 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 biting on the play action, you know, you're gonna keep that thing flat. You know, if he's if he's back in coverage, you're going to undercut him. You know, again, depending on what he gives you, right. uh, that, that, that's what you're going to take. Um, but that, yeah, that that's pretty much all we have as far as, you know, reads and, and defensive adjustments. You know, we, we, we like to have our guys play fast and give them a couple nuances here and there with whatever route it may be. But it's uh, it's, it's it's not not too involved. Well, that's yeah, that's no. the thing, though, with the water. We were talking about the which foot to have up, you know what I mean, uh, in, in your stance. That's what guys are arguing about. Well, if I teach, you know, receiver routes on this many steps, you know, and they got their 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 uh, their feet switched, it's going to throw their routes yeah. off. And, yeah, well, and, uh, that, yeah, and, that, and, that, and that, again, that goes back to line to execute. So if, if you know you're running, you know, an, an inside route that has a, a like an arrow stem or some, some – some route that's taking you into the into the teeth of the defense, you might want to put your outside foot up, you know, so you can run away from that corner right now by taking that back foot and and driving and getting to where you need to go. And so I say, hey, listen, if you want to switch your feet, you switch your feet. I don't I, I don't I don't care. Whatever is more comfortable for you and more fit and more efficient for you, you know, do it. We're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and rip you because you 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 know you ran a drag and you switched your feet. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that's important to kind of talk about real quick because I, I use the term ability line a lot, um, yeah. or or, uh, or like like you're saying, I, I don't mind when guys do that because that's part of the detail of their assignment. They've got to execute on the field, right? So they've got to do their whatever whatever their athletic ability provides for them to make that to to execute for you, right, for the team. So I'm with you, right? So feet, whatever, man, get it done. Right. So I think that flex, we'll call it flexibility, right. Or yeah. lack of rigidity. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's important. Yeah. And I, and I, I, sp I spent a, a lot of time my first spring on, uh, on stance and start and, you know, trying to get those guys to, uh, you know, line up su like su super low and, and, and pad level and all this and that. And, you know, for whatever reason it wasn't working out and I was spending a ton of practice time, like, doing all these different things to try to get these guys to change their stance. And like, after a while, I'm like, I don't have that much any time. Like I, I can, I can get a lot more out of this any time than teaching it, than trying to force these guys into something that obviously isn't that. Cause like our guys aren't, aren't guys who are going to just outwardly disobey their coaches. You yeah, know, right, like, right. They're going to do what's comfortable for them. So if we're drilling it, drilling it, drilling it five minutes a day, 
and it's not working, it's probably because it's just not what's best for them. And so right. I was like, whatever, you know, you guys align however you want. As long as you're not slow off the ball, you know, whatever. We'll be all right. All right, man, we got you a bonus question. You ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe share with us uh, maybe a play action pass you really like. Obviously, other than four verts or post wheel, I think those are typical. Yep. And then maybe what you're looking for as to when you want to throw it, man. Um, so, and then, and then uh, the guy that's kind of asking that question wants to learn when you, uh, when you like to incorporate a drag route into your play action. So, yeah. maybe just talk a little bit about that. So, my, my personal opinion on the play action game and the offense is, uh, you know, I think if, you're, if your run game is, is, is cranking and your players know how important the play fake is in the mesh, I think I think any concept will work. You're gonna get guys open just because you know these guys are so clued in on what's on, on trying to stop the run. Right. But for us, you know, we 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 our whole our whole pass game is basically predicated off one high or two high. And so you know, if, if we get one high, you know, something that I like that worked out well for us this year was something that we called topper. So you get into a you know two receiver set. You know whether that's getting that, getting that halfback split out or whatever it may be. Number two runs a sit route at 10 yards. So just sprint 10 yards, sit down. And then that outside receiver is going to run a post on top of it. And so now that one high safety is in a bind, you know, the first thing he's going to see is that, is that, that comeback or that sit route. And the next thing, and the next thing you know, his eyes are going to see a, a, a receiver that's running a, a post cut. So he's, he's going to be in a bad way. And obviously, you know, that, that not obviously, but more often than not, that corner is going to, going to keep running with the post, but, um, it really puts the, the free safety in a, in, a, yeah. in a bind. And we hit it for a big play this year against uh, against two different teams. Uh, so it worked out well for us. But like, but like I said, I, I really think philosophically, you know, with the option pass game, you know, get your guys to buy in on the play fake. You know, whether that's a down-the-line zone option fake or a mesh fake with a fullback. Um, like over-exaggerate it because no, those defensive guys don't know you're exaggerating and, and they're just going to think it's normal business and here comes, you know, here comes inside beer. Right. I'm going to fit in this gap. And next thing you know, they're, they're getting the ball thrown over their heads. And so if you commit to the play fake and you can protect, you, you, you can throw whatever your heart desires, if you ask me. And then maybe the second part of that, when do you guys kind of like to incorporate a drag route in your play action stuff? Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a huge route with the triple option community because it's not really huge maybe. enough. Maybe maybe like a boot, right? Like where you have yeah, some kind of I was gonna say the, the only time we we run we run a, a drag really, you know, we have it in our playbook, but the only time in our in our actual pass game on film that we run a drag is the uh, is that is that naked boot uh, play where you know we run a lot of quick toss and so like normal naked you know naked boot everybody will go to the quick toss and then the the, the quarterback come back around. We basically tell that backside receiver to just sprint to the pylon. Um, you know, unless it's a must-have first-down situation, then we kind of tell them to flatten it out beyond the sticks. But um, that guy just haul, hauling butt over to the to that opposite pylon and um, trying to create a big play. You know, obviously that's, that's those aren't easy throws on the run, especially if you're going away from the quarterback strength. But um, you know, and our quarterback does love to tuck it and run, so naked is usually a uh, a run play for us. But that's their uh, true RPO coach. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. But yeah, that 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 naked plays is is the only the only drag stuff we, we we typically find. Well, hey, do me a favor, ask Greg to do an experiment for me, okay? okay. So you're running an inside veer right and a backside backers flying across to the crease. 
Ask yeah. him to drag that place out eight to the backside spot where he vacated and tell me how it works because I'm trying to figure that one out. That's how, that sounds good to me. Yeah, tell him I need that experiment. <laughs> you guys get spring ball. I don't get it in Virginia, man. So you know. So. No, now you know now with this, the, you know, the well, right. all yeah. everything's on hold. But yeah, well, hopefully coming, you get coming it. from you guys, it'll it'll mean something. You know, if I just tell him that, he might tell me to hit the bricks. So. You're just an O-line coach. What are you talking about? Yeah, he said, he said, he'll say, "Wait a minute, you went on the Mesh Point podcast and you guys talked about the pass game. What the heck is going on?" <laughs> well, that, that you know, that's why that's why I wanted to come on, man, because you know the receivers, you know, they work their tails off and. They have – they, they all, you put on the film and there's a lot of times that if a receiver does not execute his assignment, you know, the play's not going anywhere. And that's why I told yeah. our guys in preseason, man, like if the left tackle misses the, misses the block, what happens? Left guard, center, halfback goes the wrong way. Like if you miss – if you can't block the corner and the ball gets pitched, we're not in a good way. You know, you're, don't, don't minimize your role. Your role is just as important as, as the other ten guys. And if, if you don't do your job, we're not going to win football games. So, you know – triple option receiver or not, you have a piece in this and you have a role and it's important and you're going to attack it, you know, with, with everything you got. And uh, it worked out well for us this year. I, you know, I had a, we had a great group of guys and so proud of those cats more so for, for the, the young men that they are and uh, what they're going to become than what they did in the field. But uh, I had a blast coaching those guys, man. Now, I can tell your passion for coaching them. And uh, it, it's nice to have you on really receivers are probably the most uns unsung part of it really I know. It's, it's, it's sad but I'm, I'm here to spread yeah. the word show them some love i like it man yeah coach let me before we let you go here let me, uh, can you talk maybe a little bit about the coaches out there about uh what greg webster and you guys are doing with uh the northeast uh football clinics or the camps i'm yeah, sorry so, yeah it's, it's uh northeast option llc uh it's on twitter i think it's at northeast option llc or either way you know you could find it but um again coach webster's in charge of that He's uh he's been the coordinator for four years now and he's won the, the the national rushing title twice, so the guy definitely knows what he's talking about. Um, again, like I said, he's unbelievably passionate. He's gonna get he's gonna get the the cues across to to your kids in a in a, a very easy to to learn way. Uh, we don't treat it like a college practice. We understand that you know we're working with high school kids. It's structured like a college practice as far as you know how it's scaffolded, but we under you know we understand the population we're working with and. It, it does turn into fundamentals for the most part, but, you know, with an option uh, offense, you really have to be great at those fundamentals. And even, you know, for us, we, we, we do ride and decide every single day. And so, um, you know, we're aware of how important it is, but again, we'll, he'll come to your, your high school and um, coach your guys up. So if you want to contact him on Twitter, uh, I don't know his Twitter handle, but Greg Webster uh, yeah. or Northeast option LLC. And uh He'd love to chat and, and try to help you guys out. Yeah, we'll definitely link that um, in the notes, uh, show notes. Um, yes. I know a couple guys that you guys did camps for, and they were really happy with it. And I mean, look, I, I think if you can bring your history into a high school setting for, for coaches and kids, I think that's a win-win. So, yeah. um, and look, at the end of the day, it just helps you sharpen your own coaching skills, yeah, right? Exactly. It's, everybody wins. It's, 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 a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Well, Coach, man, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I don't know if you had anything else, Tony, but, uh, yeah. No, but, we're good. Uh, I really appreciate it, yeah. too, Coach. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Absolutely. Well, tell Greg and uh, Coach Sarasulo we said hello. Um, yeah. I got a chance to see those guys at the AFCA convention. I didn't get to your reunion. I was trying, but. Oh, man, that would have been, been a good I know. Time. I couldn't get there. I was hoping to see Jason, too, but I 
I was staying at a friend's house out out of out of town there, and I just had to get back. But next next year, because it's at Nashville again, I'm gonna head over there. Yeah, open open invite, man. Come yeah, through. man, I appreciate it. it. Was yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good, and leave us some comments that you might think. Uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at Run the Triple. Again, that's at Run the Triple. Our Mesh Point podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the Mesh Point. Again, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexboneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out, particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. It's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear. Like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.